Hello, welcome to Living in a Material World, and I'm your host, David Prada. Today's guest is founder of Ere Perez. Ere Perez herself is here with us. Welcome to our show. Hello, how are you, David? Hola a todos. I'm so, so happy to be here. What a delight. I'm so happy, and I have loved everything you've created and have done over the years, and so I'm very, very excited to be able to talk to you and find out your whole journey in this amazing, epic brand that you've created. But before that, like how you started, where you came from, because you're originally from Mexico, no? Yes, that's right. I'm 48. I grew up in Mexico in the north, and I've been in Australia for the last 24 years. It's been a beautiful journey. Australia has given me all of this uh, incredible freshness and open myself to something that Australia love, which is community and nature. I think that's something that I had it in me as Mexican, but I think the way Australians just, you know, live every day and so passionate about their environment and sustainability is really beautiful. And I really connected straight away. Love brought me here. <laughs> my husband is also Mexican. He lives in here too with me. We've been together 23 years too in business the same 20 years which is how long is the brand how old it is like been around for a while David with all this trying to clean up our makeup bags bit by bit so I think I consider myself Aussie Max <laughs> oh I love Aussie Max so cute I love that I'm gonna have to like write that down to remind myself edit you moved there so why did you guys decide to move to Australia well that was um Juan was here first my husband, he came a couple of years before. He traveled around the world as a young Mexican guy, curious about the world. He landed in here at the end of his big journey after New Zealand and Argentina and so many places. And he said he loved it. He loved the lifestyle, the people. I think it was a little bit more relaxed than what Mexico is about. I think Australian people is so gorgeous. And in Mexico, we have the vibe is very intense also. It's beautiful. It's a lot of kindness, but it's a lot of party. It's a lot of work. It's a different way of lifestyle. And I think Juan really loved. I think he could use his superpowers here probably better. That's what he thought. <laughs> so we went back to Mexico. We were friends since very young. He was my cousin friend. And we started going out when we were probably 18. And I don't know, 18, 19. And then up and down, different little things. And when he went back to Mexico again... We really decide, you know, we really hold hands here and say, okay, I'm coming with you. I did that just right after I finished my uni. So I was 22 or 23. I did a bachelor in nutrition and a lot of natural therapies that they were close to my heart because I was brought up like this. I learned you are what you eat through university and before my parents and natural living is just my Mexican heritage. That's how I started this brand, you know. My passion is food and science and the better choices, you know, that I could do and make me a beauty visionary, I guess. But the beginning of it all, it was like everyone, a migrant, arrived in the country. It has to start somewhere. My English, it was terrible, still is sometimes, <laughs> my writing. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely the beginning of a huge, huge journey and a very beautiful adventure that I loved. And no one, you know, sometimes in interviews, I appreciate how you asking me this. Uh, people ask, what do you dream of a beauty company? I was like, I never. I'm not a dreamer, really. I am a doer. I like to do things every day. I'm not a planner. I love when you hear the different words these days. I was listening the other day to an incredible Huda Katan that she's, you know, from Huda Beauty. I really love her as a businesswoman, even though, you know, a beauty companies are very different. But I was like, how amazing that she said, sometimes, you know, we could be a bit messy. Messy is okay for founders. And I was like, yeah, that's me. 
that's amazing. You know, some people is like, yes. So for me, was a study here, waitressing, babysitting, like many Mexicans, you know, and many other migrants that arrive in Australia and looking that little money to start something. And I started and invested and created my first product. Three years later, I arrived. <laughs> After three years in Australia, you created your first product. Did you make this at home? What was that first product? Tell us. Well, I started from one mascara, and now, you know, it's 100 products in over 45 countries. The mascara, it was something, I guess today I could say inclusive. Everyone can wear a black mascara. That's pretty simple to start a beauty company. It wasn't the case in my head. I was like, I had $20 an hour, you know, getting paid for my job. And then I said, oh, how can I make $20 an hour when I'm going to work all these hours? I needed to put together some money and see my family back to Mexico. We have not failed every single year besides December 2020, like many of us, we didn't move much. But I've been every single year back to Mexico for two, three months. The goal at the beginning was like, I cannot go to Mexico every year, visit my family with my waitress salary, you know, like all my, I sold jewelry. I'm a hippie by heart. You know, I always look like a Christmas tree. <laughs> so I, uh, I still do. Like my collection of earrings is insane. And they're all like $5, but I just love earrings. You know, I love just be curious. And I end up putting together something I needed. As Mexican, you arrive in Australia. I live in Bondi, a beautiful place. I think my favorite. I don't know if you've been here, but you have to come. If you don't, you have a home here, David. I'm going <laughs> to come soon because I haven't been back since 2014. And I told my son that, thank God, I didn't go to Australia in my 20s because I wouldn't have come back. <laughs> as yes. soon as I hit Bondi Beach, I was just like, oh. And I had two meetings with brands that, icebergs and people don't realize that for me that wasn't impressive I wanted to go where all the locals were going for me my job is always so fancy that I want to see what people are really doing I love David I love it and so after that lunch I was like oh that was boring and so then I decided to go for a walk and I just got lost in the beach and the streets and watching the people and the smell and the sand and just it was just so magical to me Bondi is a very special place. We say ourselves, Bondi made brand. We were born in Bondi. I love that you said born on Bondi Beach. Born in Bondi Beach. I guess, you know, like if you're in California or like, you know, some people, like, California, people say California. No, now they go, you know, they divide it on Santa Monica or now, you know, like you're in different places. So I think everybody finds this niche. I think Bondi was our niche. Why? Because that was 1999 when I arrived. It was very mixed culture very cosmopolitan has to say it was a very surfing culture but then people have bikinis on jump in the bus and then you go to the city in 15 minutes 20 and you're in the opera house in the middle of this stunning city with tall buildings and everybody wearing a suit now after the pandemic the city is full of lululemon runners and, <laughs> and, and, and different clothes but i think uh, back then something has happened to fashion it has shifted same as beauty you know after post-covid but i think we kind of connected so well everyone around here it was screaming curiosity and i loved the passion then of uh, one store it was through on that road, really close to where we lived, walking, you know, looking for things. And, and I landed in this beautiful health store who's still there. It's called the Health Emporium. A very visionary couple that they've been in business also 20 years. And I was like, oh, it's a nice, beautiful store with everything. Eggs next to soap bars, you know, like organic eggs. And 
than organic milk. And I remember soy milk. It was just starting that long time ago, you know, 20 years ago. It was soy milk and, and all these things. And I was like, oh, this could be the place that could have what I want to do. Because I had very, very sensitive skin. I can tell you got gorgeous skin. And you know your business. People can see that probably. I should interview you another day, David, because you have a very interesting life. And I am very, very flattered that you asked me to be here because you do have a lot of knowledge. And you can tell as founders, something kind of shifts. And, you know, it just hits you to go, oh, I think I need this today, I guess, post-COVID. If you don't solve a problem, you've got a problem. You know, we need to solve problems. If it's not entertaining, everything else needs to be solved. I call it entertainment, education with entertainment these days. I saw that on a museum in Mexico from a beautiful artist, and I wrote it down and said, oh, entertainment. That's true. And that was 2019 when I was there, I remember, in this incredible modern museum. And I thought, maybe that's what I wanted to do, mix something I love. So I had a sensitive skin, and then I needed a mascara that didn't run because I was going to Bondi, I get to the beach, and I didn't have blue eyes, so blonde hair, and I, you know what it is, as a Latino woman, you need color, you know, I did have the yellow bikini, and uh, 20 years ago, I don't think I wear a bikini now, after three kids, but <laughs> I, I still loved yellow, and orange, and pink, I remember, you know, like, J-Lo always used all these colors, you know, all these beautiful Latin women, like, they, color is everything, so when I started, I was at the beach, and I was like, oh, I don't have long hair, blue eyes, beautiful tan Australian skin. I was like, okay, I'm brown eyes, brown hair, brown skin. It just hits me. Mickey and Minnie, Fiona and Freck. It's the lashes. That's what it is. And I don't know if you noticed, but Latino women don't have curly lashes. We don't. We need an eyelash curler. We plenty of us, you know, like 30 million around the U.S. <laughs> people, Latin people, like we like beauty. Same as a lot of European countries, they're quite heavy on the makeup wearer. So I was quite of the natural one, even since high school, since always. My mother will give me beetroot to put right on my cheeks, which is a product I have today, you know, beetroot tint. She would just like literally put water and my cheeks and my lips will, it didn't last as long. But she's like, no, 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 you're not putting all this. My mother was always very, very incredible with natural things. We never had an aspirin. We never got to the doctor. They were hippies. You know, she was an anthropologist and my dad, an economist. So my tables were pretty intense, always talking about the world and what's going to happen tomorrow and look after the water and the natural resources. And this is when the sustainability comes in point with my brand. My family were always chasing that. My grandparents, they had a beautiful farm in Chihuahua, like the dog, but it's the biggest state, the biggest state, like the littlest dog. Chihuahua is a very dry place today. The last 20 years has suffered incredible drought, as has happened in many cities around the U.S. and many other countries. Monterrey, where I'm from, is living zero day in the last three months. It's been really bad. This is something that it should be on the news every day. There's a city with six million people with no water at all. So part of the thing of this beauty, of this future of beauty that I was trying to do is something different. So I did remove water from the product. I removed it because I learned that why, if I have honey in my pantry and olive oil, they don't go off and they don't have anything. They don't, it's natural. And I thought, wow, I need to make a product because I wanted a thick mascara like I like it for me. And a lot of the brands that I had in Australia, then in pharmacies and beauty places, is a very big market in pharmacies here with beauty. And I was like, oh, and all these things that hurt my eyes, that already existed, 
I wanted to be different here. And I was just not another Mexican girl, you know, just trying to work and go my way up. Well, maybe being impressive with what I do, because, you know, Mexico is a big war between talents there. Like people need to do a big effort to come out, to do things and, and grow and succeed. And in Australia, it was a lot of your culture, where you're coming from, what you bring into the community. Australians are incredible with loving the different cultures. They're very respectful this way. They loved wherever you come from. Oh, hi, where you come from? Oh, amazing, I've been there. And most of them, they know it better than you. They're incredible <laughs> travelers. Australians are incredible travelers. They're really amazing. And I, and many times like, oh yeah, I've been in Chiapas. I was like, oh, 20 years, I don't think I was in Chiapas ever. And now I have been now. And I was like, it's incredible. It's true. And the guy just explore, they're explorers, adventurers. So, the more I learned being here, I was like, I love this place. I need to bring them something they don't have and, and just be free and enjoy Australia. So I enjoyed it. I didn't want to be committed to a job, even though I did pass my IELTS test. Then I passed my, I was accredited as a nutritionist here, so I couldn't find a job. And then I started looking at jobs and how much money I could make with no experience after my university. I was like, uh-uh, I have to start my own thing. This is not going to give me money to travel. And my husband had his job, obviously, also. He's an engineer. And it was not enough. It's a very expensive place to live. And to be here and live in Bondi, which is probably the most expensive in the whole country, I was like, no, one day I want to have real estate in this place because it is beautiful and amazing. We do now, and I can't believe it. So little by little, you know, we just accomplished that a couple of years ago because it's been very hard to do. You know, this is a very expensive place. And... And I noticed that the cost of things were really extreme or really inexpensive because Asia is right next to us, David. Australia is, I don't know how to explain, like fashion, for example. You found incredible Australian fashion that is quite high in price, made in here by Australian hands. And then you have beautiful brands that are more inexpensive. Very big websites that delivered all over the world. They're Australian brands, but made in Asia. And it makes it easier because we're next door, you know? And different than, for example, in Mexico, an Asian-made product famous in the U.S. today is living the conflict of the transport, the conflicts, obviously the political conflicts we're living now. And I thought, make it things simple. So I thought it was easy to bring something from Mexico. <laughs> That's my, my China, I guess. And I thought, what can I do? I'm just saying this because I love, I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this. If I start all over again, David, I was like, oh. Maybe that was just I could do in that day, in that moment. I obviously today everything is shifted and I maybe do a couple of things differently. Like now I'm trying for sustainability and for the good of the world. You know, if you sell in Australia, you will start making in Australia, then you find someone to help you make in the US, if you sell in the US and all these things that help the planet because of transport and the cost of resources today. So in that moment, mascara was little while my other friends were doing furniture from Bali. And I just have this little mascara bottle that I brought, you know. I remember the first mascara we made, I found, back to your question, I sidetracked very easily. I find this guy in Mexico, an incredible chemist, a formulator. I look different ways. I had a very big head computer. This is 20 years ago. Google was really slow. I remember we had no really researchers at all we have today. I had to go through the yellow pages. I had to go... Very differently, my mom actually helped me, send me some details through an email. I remember we used to have cards to call each other and I have to go outside, you know, to a payphone. I didn't have a mobile phone. That's 20 years ago. The world has changed so much. 
And today, anyone who's creating something can do anything from their room. That's crazy. That's why also we have so much stuff that makes no sense around the world. It's like one product can help me discover clean beauty for me in that moment, just one thing. So I said to the guy, I know you guys made mascaras and I want something that has no chemical ingredients at all. I try my at home my own things. I've always do with my ingredients. I have plenty of things. My kitchen looks yeah, I don't know how it looks, it's just got too much oils and things and I love mixing things up more than to eat for myself. My grandma was always, you know, I have aloe vera and I put on my hair and my breakfast goes on my face like the skin of bananas goes on my hands for pigmentation. Because that's what, you know, my family does. For me, I remember okay, hair, olive oil, always. No, almond oil, of course. Oh, argan oil. You know, like, oh, argan oil. That's a bit strange. And that's a bit maybe difficult to get from the earth. I was already, integrity was before anything for me. And as my family, as myself, as my husband does too, that's how we find each other as well. We have that in common. And I was like, okay, almond. Almond oil, pretty simple, inexpensive, good for the hair. So I said, okay, almond, what else? And I said to the guy, I don't want any water. Can I don't have parabens, please? Nothing chemical. And he goes, well, you need it. I said, why? Because because a mascara has water. Are you saying to me every mascara has water? Yes, it does. Well, just remove it. And that's how I did it. I said, remove the water from the formula. Should I remove it? Yes, make it work. But I don't think anyone challenged anyone before like this in regards to how can I, the conversation in the paraben free and this, it was not even close, I think. It was about you saying, I remember the fructis shampoo, you know, they put fruit in a shampoo. And the lady, you know, having a shower with all the mango and the splash of water in her head. And that was the natural that was then introduced to humankind. Like, oh, here's a natural product. The other natural product that they were there, they were product who made it go off, you know, in the market. And maybe they were not bringing you anything. And they were not thinking in which part of the body goes. So for me, it was like, okay, in the eyes, it's safe to you, almond oil. For example, today, you find face oils that are nice and clean and vegan. But let's say an argan oil is really thick on the skin. So it could bring you acne too. That's good for the hair, but I wouldn't put it on my face. So all these things like you find as the more you research, which I'm very passionate about. I did my research also for my degree. I did two years of study for my thesis and I love researching. So I ended up with the one product and then when I had this black mascara coming and going with this guy, it was just a nice normal guy, you know, average, very passionate about chemistry. And like we push each other. And then when my husband and I went to Mexico in one trip, I said, I'm ready. And I had a $2,000, I remember, 2000 Australian dollars, which is less than 2000 American dollars. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make my first round. And my husband said, you're crazy. I'm like, no, it's okay. I really think if I can sell every mascara for $25, and it cost me $5, I start thinking. I didn't know anything about economy in that business. Nothing. Profit. <laughs> Everything that I should know today. And now we all know, many of us creators, we're hitting the wall with this post-COVID situation. So I was like, $25. And here's where I was looking at this. You have a very $10 mascara in Australia, very cheap. And then you have a $50 Beautiful Chanel Dior mascara. And then I said, I'm in the middle. This is who I am. I like nice things, but I don't like very high-end things. Like, I'm always worried about how we end up with something really amazing in high cost. What's the price of it? And I also don't like bad quality things. So I think my own perception in something you buy is how I end up with a $25 mascara then. And today it's 35 after 20 years. 
Is that your avocado mascara? Almond mascara was the first one. Almond mascara. Because then you also have the avocado waterproof mascara that I love. Which is a bestseller. First waterproof mascara. The almond was a water resistant. And then the avocado is waterproof. Yeah, that was like two years after the almond, I made it. Because I was in Mexico, I came on the plane, and we had this bag, and I put mascaras on the box then. And when we arrived in costumes here in Australia, which they're amazing, because this is an island, you know, you cannot really bring anything here. Like a very delicate environment, it's very beautiful balance that nature has placed. They don't want it to be sacrificed by anyone's spoil habits. <laughs> so my husband... And I were naughty and brought this chili sauce, I remember, the Mexicans with the chili. And then in costumes, there was this guy looking, what do you have? And I said, well, I got cosmetics and we got the chili sauces. And the guy just focused on the chilies. And it was like, oh, no, you cannot bring it. But look, it's closed. This is salsa. It's already bottled from a manufacturer. I don't think it's, it's no, you know, you're not allowed. And we were very sad to lose our chili sauce. But he didn't even look anything of our mascaras. And I was with all these big box of cosmetics. And I thought, oh, did I did not just pay any tax on this first product? I just bring it to the country. I'm like, all right, spend some money for marketing, I guess. I have no idea, David, about anything. No idea what was importing. Nothing. Like the guy in Mexico just give me the product. I pay for it over there. And I just thought I bring it with me because I'm going that way. I couldn't put it on an airplane, you know, in FedEx or DHL. Hope you have shares with those guys. And they want making money right now. Of uh, course. Like, you know, I was like, okay, all right, I'll do this. I have this box. And then it was, I don't know, a thousand pieces. And then I knock at the door of a health store, a beautiful store down in Bondi Beach, a tiny little store with beauty, more than I can say, more like formulas. They didn't really have that much beauty. I remember they had this beautiful. La Vera and Willita brand, who they still, you know, they've been around for years, beautiful German brand with just a couple of products. I think it was one shampoo. It was so minimal what you see in beauty those days in the places that they stand by natural healing and natural products. And that store and the store I told you on Bonda Road that had the food mixed with some beauty. That's what I introduced my first product. But when I got to this lady, she said to me, well, show me the ingredients. I just hit the wall. And she said, what's mineral oil? Oh, well, the mineral oil, like baby oil. And she said, well, mineral oil is not natural. It's made out of petrol. It's petroleum-based. I was like, oh, but it is a natural ingredient. Yes, it is. But it's not good on your skin because you absorb it. And then it goes into your biggest organs as your skin, and you absorb it, and you cannot process this. It goes to your liver, to your laboratory, and then and it just hit me what it was. It just hit me that, okay, a natural product is just not gives you these benefits that nature offers. It's actually not giving you other things. You know, what is the mission of a natural product? And it just hit me. So I have to start all over again. So this effort of mine, it really hit me that, okay, I'm trying to sell this mascara to make $20 that I made babysitting or waitressing or cleaning or whatever I could do then. It's not going to work. I'm not making a point of difference. The only store that I want to buy my product, it didn't want it. So I started all over again. And this is when I could say I started what it is, healthy, safe brand that was not all about natural or being organic or being, you know, that within the certifications of food, for example, Mexico don't have much of the certifications. They do now, but not in everything. So you could make a natural product made in Mexico, but it's not certified organic. It depends on the country you're in. Like America has incredible certifications today that 
you know, you've got Whole Foods and all the things, big stores who have, who loaded with beautiful organic products in other countries. You go to Mexico, right in the streets, and you might eat a beautiful organic taco because the woman had the corn, but it's not satisfied. It's just in the street, you know, with beans, and that is very organic, but she's not putting the cost of certification. And so I think the less is more approach. It was something I wanted to do in this formulation, the being healthy and safe. And that's the story, David. That's how one by one, me, my lashes, and my story of Shrek and Fiona, that you need the lashes. Everything how I started it, it was not the way it ended it to be actual business. And then I went to my husband and said, excuse me, do you know what's an invoice? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Someone asked me for an invoice. I said, oh no, I can't believe every You tried to do a business. You don't even know what's an invoice. <laughs> He's amazing. And still today, he does all these things that I don't understand. So I could say it is a family business. It is not powerful women that is Latin and he did everything by herself. That's not my story. And I, I've never liked that push on feminism that has been brought up in the last years. I like to respect women and men as equals. And I think men, they should also have a day, David. They should also have the men's day, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, you meet people. Like, I meet a lot of incredible formulators that they say, look, I'm not a dad. I'm not a mom. I'm not from the L community. You get like, what do I do? Let's celebrate men because they're incredible. I have made all these beautiful beauty products for women for years. So that's what David, I love an interview by a guy. You don't know how much I love that. There's a lot of women in this business. And I respect guys a lot. I think they have so much passion to give. And I think these days we need to hear them more, I guess. So if any guys listening that love your work, David, that you inspire them, I think any industry, anyone worry about the environment like you do, the sustainability that is amazing, I think should go for it. You know, I was blessed. My mother's from Cuba. And so I was raised by my grandmother, my abuela and my mom. And so my grandmother made all her own makeup too. And she grew up on a farm in Kamaway. And so she and my mom were just all natural. I never took Tylenol or Advil or anything. It was very similar to your upbringing. So hearing your story, I read it and I was getting teary-eyed. It made me cry a little bit because when my family got to America, they had nothing. So they had to start again from the beginning. So I am raised by these strong women that taught me how to love women and how to love everyone. And I have a great son that also believes the same way too. And so... We're all here thanks to our strong moms and our family members and our dads and everyone, our ancestors and our history is what brings us here. Beautiful. I love that. And this is why we are about an Australian brand with Mexican flair. It's about practicality, multitaskers, inclusivity. You know, it's for men and women. Our skincare is designed for men and for women. The scents are, are for everyone and also the makeup, like that serum, you have that green booster serum that I love. Yes, I got it. Yeah, it's really, oh, I so love good. it. It's like a green juice. I have to send you your pack for you to try the new things too. It's, it's all about practicality and not fixing but embracing. Everything we do is we sell peace and love today. You know, we're trying to be joyful. We've always been, even the names of our products, it's always celebrating uniqueness, 
I found that we learned, you know, to pause, to love, to live even more. I think COVID was even more beneficial for our brand as a lot of us have changed the way we see life. And the shifting in beauty has made us all think more. So I put myself out there and I have this goal, like, you know, we are zero waste. I'm making a course of action. This is not overnight, but I'm changing. My ethics has to be strong. And this is why every single product is made. The packaging decision, the ingredient dignity behind it. You know, the basic things I use, beetroot and tomatoes, basic things that are all powerful botanicals that are not in danger, that have dignity, that are ethical harvesting. I don't know, globally made for the best of the world. And that's what I have. And I feel my happy upbringing and my very incredible grandparents and the organic life they had that they didn't know. Now they're not here. They all passed away nearly a hundred. My four grandparents, actually, they're amazing. The way they lived, they created, you know, me loved beauty with heart and a conscience. And that's why today I feel every single product is just a short story of how do you make something? Just, you know, solve a problem or remove things that are unwanted make less is more, be simple. Like we have to be practical these days to actually give time for our health. You know, I always say my everything or myself is not, I don't take hours doing my hair or doing that because I want to invest time on my breakfast. I want to invest time on my children in the morning, on their lunches. Like, because sometimes we are beauty. It's about simplicity, about value time, which I think that is the most important resource there is out there besides water and air. And I think time is something people don't value. And, you know, you know, millennials, they love time because they probably wanting time that maybe their parents did not give them enough because they were a generation who was on the rush of creating wealth to don't fail like the grandparents and Second World War, things like that. So this is making uh, the millennial today is a super dedicated parent. You know, the millennials are, have young babies now and they have grown and, and the new generation, the Gen Z, and, and they, they want simple you know they want to have fun that's what tiktok is out there and like it's like all this i pursue the being connected to all the generations you know as a brand we do everything we have facebook tiktok instagram but it's about connecting really you know i adore good customer service a good smile you know fun everybody who works in our business have a beautiful team here and one in mexico and it's everyone is just very they have the t-shirt you know they really love environment and i think that's what we should water. Like we should have to look after now. I think just this, uh, David, I want to leave is water is everything and time. And this is what we need to save it today and look after it. Yes. People don't realize it's our source. It's how we're all here. I do want to ask you one thing, because you just say you're sold in 45 countries. How incredible the success of your brand here in America. You're in the best stores. I love seeing your stores in all the top stores in the U.S. So where can all our <laughs> listeners, any of our listeners that are listening, where can they find your products besides your amazing website? Well, we are in Credo Beauty. We are in Goop. I love Goop. It's one of my favorite stores, too. She's amazing. We have there's so many beautiful stores we are in America. Actually, on my website, airypress.com, you can find all the really good. We have Amazon there, Content Beauty. So many really good retailers that have made a brand just stand out and they've been really patient also because we also, we never pursue money. I think that's not what we do here. I still don't think I have hit those millions that many brands have because I am very conscious of the integrity behind everything. And I feel I'm just really happy and I'm proud of the family I have, of my husband and of what we have achieved. Because I consider myself a trailblazer. I have inspired many other brands. Most of the brands that they are today, 
they born after us. And I know I see it on my searchers. I see it on my website, on my Instagram, who follows us, what they see, what they've done. And I feel like everything we do is very progressive. It's very new, something that is not out there. I'm still today working in things that you'll be surprised in the next couple of months, all the new launches I have. But, you know, everything we do, it goes in a piece. That it goes a bit low because we... I don't think I'm very ambitious, I guess. Being in all these stores is awesome, and it's all it is. You know, it sounds bigger than it is, because it is. We are in 43 countries, literally in stores. A lot of them are little stores, and some of them are big retailers. But still, you know, today, you know, business drips differently from everywhere. It's like, as they say, you have eggs in different baskets, not just in one. And I'm very happy for that. You know, the last two years... Some countries were really heavy lockdowns. A lot of our beautiful retailers in Melbourne, they had really difficult last two years. And some other cities, they really struggle retail more than anything. So a lot of us, we wanted to be present online. And I was already present online. I just maybe made more content, you know, but it's, I was ready. We did it, but we don't really do advertising. We never really invest money on advertising. I think I believe in the power of mouth to mouth, like the power of your own you say, oh, I like this product and recommend it. And I like how you say, David, like, you know, the way I was reading all your geography too. It's incredible how you are very curious and that's something I feel inspired to. Like, I like how you just, you don't put things into the one box. Like, you looked and you put them one side to the other and discover. And I like how you help all these brands, you know, who they are today. And I think that's really beautiful because that giving and giving is not the same as receiving. I think that's what I've been doing. I've been giving, you know, we're giving, giving work. I like to give employment. I think that's one of the next passions. Beauty is not my passion as much as helping. I like to have social impact in my business, whatever it is. I landed in beauty. I'm happy for it. So if I will do anything, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Maybe I'm going to do something different. But whatever I do, it will be literally, I want to solve something with less. And I want to help same as with my husband, help people and give work and don't fill the world with little things that are not needed and with struggling. And global warming is not a joke. You know, it is global. And it's uh, something that the less, and I try less and then look at a product again, like I say, I try and I try and I did like the glass and then the lead in aluminum. And I say, how can I do less of this? Like it's two elements over two inches so they can be recycled unlimited because you can do as many with glass and aluminium because if you have plastic it's not like that so if i have plastic it has to be not virgin plastic it has to be like a, a mascara for example has to be made of pcr but consuming recycling so it's all these little tiny things our new lipsticks a lot of people got a bit upset that we got rid of our lipsticks but we didn't get rid of them. I love them. I want them, but I cannot make another mechanism and throw it into the environment. And I decided to make a, a client who's just been so successful. We sold out in the month. I need to have peace on my stomach and my heart that I'm doing the right thing. And it has to be done like that by changing. You have integrity. You're operating through your heart and through the future and through like taking care of the planet, which is a beautiful thing. And I love hearing that. I do ask every guest, I ask one question because our materia means matter in Latin. So you already explained it many times, but I want you to reiterate it one more time. What truly matters to Ere Perez? What truly matters is happiness. It matters to me. If I don't wake up happy, what's the point? I also, you know, I have very naughty people in my family. They love their smokes. They love their drinks. They love their 
not eat food today. You know, we're helping um, the earth by changing our habits. Maybe people who eat meat, they say, okay, I eat meat once a week. I'm from the north, you know, there's a lot of meat eaters there. So, yes, you can do that. Maybe have meat once a week and just be happy. That really makes you happy for the day. I think we have to respect. I think that matters to me. We have to today, all of us who are trying to change our environment, and, you know, I say now it's time you do yoga and be vegan and all these changes. I think it has to come to people when they're ready and being ready that is urgent today because obviously the way we're eating is so important, you know. It's as naughty the guy who eats meat, as naughty as the guy who has an almond latte because almond milk also needs a lot of water to be made. It's very hard, you know, to harvest almonds and it takes a lot of water. So if you really ask yourself, what do you do? And I think, okay, I think COVID shows us to be happy in a way that I'm at home enjoying my cup of coffee. And then the coffee is actually an experience. Going to the coffee shop was the experience. When did we shift it and start walking around with a cup of coffee on our hands? So we don't really need to find a solution and find, this is my problem. Why do we need to find and have another coffee cup? But it also goes to the environment to carry your coffee instead of do what the coffee is about. How Europeans and you know ancient Aztecs and Mayans use their coffee for. It was a beverage that makes you happy or relaxes you or awakens you, whatever it does to you. And then you sit down and enjoy it. So coffee shops are all around the world. You know, when I arrive in Australia, I love that. They really also sit down and enjoy their lattes in a coffee shop. But then out of a sudden, everything shifted. How is healthy walking around with a coffee? How is that making us happy? Like, this is why the solution, I don't understand. And that's happened to beauty. So I don't feel happy because all these manufacturers offer me refillable beauty, for example. Refillable in a way that you have a plastic container to put it inside the plastic container. So you keep your brand at home. And if you finish, then you buy again another plastic and put it inside the plastic. I don't know how it's that good for the environment. But there's a lot of green brands with beautiful clean formulas. And I just wish I could have a podium and talk to them. I said, why are you designing this? Why is this better with your clean formula? It's just simple because they want the big jar with a five gram microne, but it's refillable. And these people have actually millions of dollars. I don't have. I'm just a woman here in my little house in Australia, you know, like trying to I don't really make much from every product because what we have is big quality, under $50. I have high standard formulas, high standard packaging, and I feel that I'm fine with it because I'm happy. That's what I want to be. <laughs> well, that's success to me. I always tell all my friends I have one son, and as long as he's happy and kind, that means it was a success. doesn't matter what they choose to do. As long as they're happy and kind humans, I feel like that is the biggest success in life. I feel the same. I think it's all it is. Like, and as I said, if you're naughty, like my father-in-law, for example, sometimes very healthy people goes first and the naughty one's still around because he's just happy accepting the present. So I just want to invite your followers, just accept it as it comes and embrace it and make the best of it. And it's all in the choice, David. I always say to my kids, which ice cream you want? Is it strawberry or chocolate? Oh, strawberry. Okay, that's life. Just pick the right choice. Maybe they bought beautiful, but what's the right choice for you? And that's in everything. How you decide your friends, the products you buy, the consumers you think in that. The choices are everything. The choice of what you want to do, what you want to study, who do you want to work, everything is a choice. Oh, thank you so much, Ere. I feel so happy that I got to know you so much better. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you so much. This was delightful. Thank you. 
How incredible to finally sit down with Ere Perez, the fabulous Mexicana who made her way to Bondi Beach, Australia. She's truly an inspiration and was one of the pioneers to start the clean beauty movement over 20 years ago. So it is truly, truly, truly a blessing to have finally met her. Thank you so much for listening to us again. Until next time.